Hi, I'm Nagam, and I've spent over 6,000 hours watching TV shows. Every two weeks, I'll be exploring the underlying concepts of one show. Welcome to Watching Machine. Today we're exploring one of the most original shows that I've seen in a really long time, and that show is Russian Doll. Every person I've recommended this show to has come back raving about it, so if you haven't seen it, please do. I'm going to try to keep spoilers to a minimum, but I definitely recommend you watch it before listening further. One of the interesting parts of Russian Doll is the music. It plays such a big role in telling the story, and I'm glad to be joined by Rami Zaydan, a long-time friend and who also happens to work at Amrami. Hello. To weigh in. How's it going, Rami? Very good. Very good. I'm very excited to be here. Awesome. The show starts with Nadia, played by Natasha Leone, who you might know from Orange is the New Black. Um, it starts with her in the bathroom with the song Gotta Get Up by Harry Nilsson. Gotta get up, gotta get out, gotta get home before the morning comes. What if I'm late, gotta be she comes out of the bathroom and we find out it's her 36th birthday. She mentions a few things like outliving her mother and then at some point during the night she dies. And we're back to the starting point in the bathroom with the song Gotta Get Up playing. Gotta get up, gotta get out, gotta get home before the morning comes. What if I'm late, got a big day, gotta get home before the sun comes up, up and away, got a big day. It felt to me like it was kind of conditioning the audience to pay attention every time that song played to see what's different in each iteration. But what did the song mean to you? What did you think it meant and its significance? So I think the I think music in general and series and film play a major role. We talk about the power of audio and Rami all the time, but the more we watched the series, the more we realized how much Nadia is sort of a dark person. In general, if you've seen her in Origin of the New Black, she's not your typical normal average Joe. She has a special character. And the whole idea of her like literally dying and then waking up again is sort of a new story. So it's not a thriller, but it's not comedy either. So I think the role of the soundtrack here, and I think Gotta Get Up is the official soundtrack of, of the series, I presume. Um, I think the role of the soundtrack itself here plays around the Gotta Get Up. So you have to get up, do it again. So it's like try again later or sort of thing. But then the vibe of the song is very lively. So if you listen to the song and, and, and the vibe that it comes up with... It has this lively, positive feeling. So part of it, you, you, you'd feel connected to the character. Part of it, you don't feel like, hey, that's weird. And it brings this little bit of... I've read in some reviews that people were arguing whether it's a comedy series or not, right? So I think it 
that contrast between the storyline and the tonality of the song played was just fantastic. Do you think that, you know, songs that have that kind of dark meaning, but an upbeat tune, do you think there's like some sort of irony to that or it kind of lures the listener to paying attention to or rather not paying attention to the lyrics, but rather just focus on the beat or the other way around? I mean, music in general just sets the mood, right? And, you know, I've, I've, I hope one day I'll be more involved in the filmmaking part. So, but when we're working with content creation, generally the tonality or, or, or the tone of the song works in one or two ways, right? It's either contradicting to the scene so that it sort of justifies context, right? Or it's in line with the, theme, with the scene in order for it to stress on the scene itself, right? So at some point in time, I think we're going to view more than one song today, the song itself just brings the scene to life, right? And if you think, think about the perfect example of, of Rocky and Eye of the Tiger, that, that song was not meant to be a contrast to bring the context to life. That sort of brought the scene to life. And I think depending on, on which song you choose, if, they, if there's a very dark moment and, and, and the flow of the story and they really wanted to emphasize on that moment itself, I think the song should be in line with the scene. And at other points when they want to bring context to life, but they don't want to position it as a dark, horror, weird story, they will put something that's contradicting in order for them to bring the context out. Okay, speaking of context... In the first three episodes, we find that the music comes from a lot of different times, um, whether it's like the 60s or the late 2000s, but it has the same feel and the same tone. So we talked about a few of those songs earlier. I mean, they definitely resonated with me. They had like a very kind of retro feel. What, in your view, do these songs tell you about Nadia's character? Look, Nadia, if you if you look at her hairstyle, and if you look at her her wardrobe, and I I feel like I sound like a like a film expert now, but but I'm not. But if 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 you look at those details, you you tell that Nadia's character is not your typical modernized, you know, uh, personality. She's right? eclectic. You, you can tell that right from just the way she looks, and I think the 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 vibe or the genre of the songs that were that, that were chosen are at par with that. And even the characters around her, like her friends, and they all, you could, if they played hip hop, it would sound really weird, right? <laughs> if they played like electronic dance, it would sound really weird. If they played heavy metal, it would sound really weird. I think that, that alternative vibe that they put through sort of was spot on on the character herself. And I think, you know, and this is where we say, is music complementary to stress on something or is music contradicting to real context to the story i think the choice of going back uh, in time also puts together that in line with the story the genre that was back then is not available now so if you want to bring that that vibe out you have to go back in the timeline um but i think the the actual choice of songs bring the character to life and if you look at nadia's 1990 bangs and curly hair it's you know it, it kind of just it's her I loved her hair. Yeah, it's amazing. It really like it really um, stood out, red and big. And she's like a New Yorker at heart. And I felt like the vibe overall at her party and and the music kind of brought out that New Yorkish eclectic 
individualistic vibe. So the show has a lot of little details in it from the costume to the set design and the elements that we notice come in or disappear throughout the story. Um, There's also, in terms of the the music, and especially in the first three episodes, do you think there's meaning or reasoning behind the tracks that were selected, um, perhaps to reflect Nadia's personality? Of course, I think, and I feel like a film expert right now, um, but I'm not. So after the scene when she wakes up, if you look at the song The Morning After by Ariel Pink and Wayne's Blood, you can feel that they're still on the same genres, but the context changes. You, you go from happy sort of and the ha- you know the more positive mood of, of Gotta Get Up to something that sounds like this. can feel like there's mystery and in your mind you're already going what's going on what just happened why are they repeating from the same scene so here the song is sort of enforcing the mood of uh, of the actual story and then as she does this once and twice and thrice again there's this there's the scene when she actually decides to stay up all night yeah to avoid dying yeah to avoid dying Uh, and then the song is i go to sleep by anika mind this is more like the piano so it's that type of music that you would listen to when you want to go to sleep but she's up so i think that playfulness in the song just adds a lot to the context of the music for sure yeah i mean i i love the music selections in the first three episodes especially because i don't know to me it resonated a lot with me it's the kind of music i would listen to i loved the choice of go to sleep because it's the opposite of what she was trying to do which is stay awake but it just makes you drowsy and it was just it was a really good um selection and then you know at the end of episode three she meets alan in the elevator they're plummeting down and she was like hey don't you know that we're gonna die and he was like oh it's okay i die all the time and then we move into this What were your thoughts on that ending? So on 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 that track, uh, it's called Mind Killer. I think on at that point in time in the series, Nadia has slept and woken up a couple of times. And as you're going through the series, you're starting to say, okay, where is this going? And at any story, there's that point in time when they either put the right twist for you to keep going, or you're just going to go, oh, it's boring. Get out of here. And because there's a lot of repetition... Um, if you listen to the song, you could feel the mood just went upbeat 
And I think that contracts and speed just allows you to feel that the story is going faster at one level. And then it's a new, it's a new chapter in the story. Now there's another person. So there is the, what the hell's going on? And I think that's why they go back to upbeat, happy, sort of quirky, cheesy uh, music so that they sort of bring that, all right, guys, we're taking it to the next level. We're shifting gears up and just stay, stay pacing with us. That's interesting you say that um, because you're absolutely right. If they went on for too long with just Nadia's repetitions, it would have gotten really boring. At the beginning of the... when when it was announced about Russian Doll and the overall synopsis of it, that, you know, the day keeps repeating. A lot of people initially thought it was going to be like Groundhog Day, the movie with Bill Murray and Andy McDowell. And that was basically one and a half hours of Bill Murray reliving Groundhog Day, the exact same day. It's a fun movie. It's a comedy. But, you know, yeah, at some point in time, it's just, you know, you're going to do eight episodes of that. It's very different than, you know, a movie. Um, so I definitely think that episode three was the right time to introduce yeah. a new character, which meant a new dynamic. And in episode four, we start, you know, it starts actually with Alan. So we get to meet Alan and we find that he's super organized and he loves routine. And he's the absolute opposite of Nadia, who's kind of chaotic. And you can see that in her in her lifestyle. Um, and this the music as well switches to classical. <laughs> So what is, you know, what does that say about his personality and and his choice? And why do you think they went with ca- classical music versus maybe a more, you know, mellow type of, you know, modern? I think we can write a book now about deciphering uh, audio choices. I like right? I like I like how this is coming together. And you know, it, as you as we talk about it, it all starts making sense more and more, right? So Alan is a is a very composed guy right he's you can tell from the way he dresses from the way he's he was unpacking his bag from the way he feeds the fish and the routine he goes on through the morning and then and that's more like how orchestra is structured right you've got every single group of instruments together you've got a guy with a stick sort of telling them how to play and when to play it's very structured it's it's classic it's him right and i and i think you know that sort of brings his character to life. Um, imagine if you'd put that and then you'd still go with alternative, I think it'll be completely off, right? Because that's Nadia, that's not Alan. So Al- Nadia's more the alternative indie sort of vibe, and Alan's like, no, but he's, he's, he's the opposite of Nadia. He's not unstructured, he's not all over the place. He, he, he goes from point A to point B in a straight line, unlike Nadia, she's probably go from point A to point B with seven stops. Uh, and I think that's what enforces the character of Alan b- without them having to show you scenes and scenes and minutes about how he structures his life. That two minutes or one minute of the song playing and him playing his first routine sort of nailed what, what Alan is and who Alan is. Well, I think there's a common ground, though, between the song choices, between what, with what Nadia listens, which is the indie stuff, and the orchestra, which is that underlying element of sadness. I mean, a lot of the... Classical pieces also convey that, you know, some of them are upbeat, but there is that also sadness to it. How do you think that kind of played out throughout that underlying theme of, you know, these 
peop- both of these characters have this kind of this weight on their hearts. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, this is sort of the flow of the story. So the, the first the first couple of episodes were about unveiling Nadia, her character, um, that loop that she's in. And then every time she repeated, she it just opened up a new element of her story. Right. And then halfway through, then they showed us another character who's completely different from Nadia, who's not your typical lost in translation person doesn't you know don't care about what's happening and what's whatever and then the common part between both although they're completely different characters was that burden that sat on them right and as the story unveils itself you see that the only way they can get out of that loop is if they spoiler alert get at peace with that with that story whether i'm I'm not gonna say what the story (laughs) is so that i don't spoil it completely um but, but that's the common ground in the story. The common story is two different people, two different characters, two different lives, um, both coming from two different backgrounds. They're stuck in the same loop, technically for the same reason, because they have some unfinished business. And the unfinished business is very personal. And it sort of also is, is a life-changing thing for them. And that's why the choice of the song was that. Uh, I think it, it's also something that reflects in the societies of every day, whether it's in the Arab world or globally. Those issues are not alien to anybody. And for them to sort of resonate in, so it's not your typical, you know, we're teaching you a lesson, to sort of emphasize on 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 the, on, on the gem of, of what the story is standing for without spilling out the story, the mood sort of sets it through throughout. I want to touch on the loops a little bit and just move a bit away from music for a second. We're both computer science graduates. Yeah. So we're <laughs> we're both nerds and geeks for like for life. <laughs> and I don't know about you, but I got really excited about the fact that Nadia was a coder and there was also a lot of talk about like coding and bugs in the system yeah. and and that was also a common theme so it was between like her professional work but also the overriding theme of the looping and that there's a bug in yeah. that system yeah so what link do you think there is is it kind of hinting at us that these loops are we're living in different loops yeah. because if you think about the last cu- um, couple of episodes especially the last one where they actually end up in two different loops yeah and then you know with the end they don't exactly merge the yeah, loops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so Everyone is kind of living in their own loop. Did you find that kind of resonating in in any way? Yeah. So here's here's how I how I see things. Um, You know how when you're on Instagram, for example, and you're scrolling through the stories, how everybody's putting positive quotes and I don't know what. And as you scroll social media, you either see stupid things or you see a lot of overly positive things but if you skin out the garbage and at some point in time that logic and mentality about looking at half cup full or always being positive when you're amidst a problem or always keeping at peace or confronting your worries and never holding that weight on your burden i think all of that is what this is right because at the end of the season after nadia comes to peace nadia changes so 
I think, yes, we are in a world that is very rational, but is driven by emotions. Um, and if we just identify the source of the pain that we're in, we can always overcome it, like so easily. And I, it's basically maybe easier said than done. And, you know, I've, I've had that experience in the past three years when I moved from the corporate life to the startup life where it's too chaotic. I was, you know, away from my team and, you know, everything new to me. I was learning a lot of stuff. And, you know, you'd get into a lot of conflicts when you're first starting and you always go to the source of the problem. Sometimes it's because the other person on the other side doesn't know and what you're explaining is just not resonating so you clash that doesn't mean you're bad or he's bad or he hates you and whatever so even when you're working with someone that just can't you can't talk to each other it's maybe because you don't understand there's always a reason the simplest and the stupidest story i can think of is when we first got babies my my mother-in-law told me look when the baby cries there's always a reason it's one of three things you need to help him fart or tell him burp or feed them or change their diapers but there's always a reason there's babies just don't cry for no reason and i think that's what it is the coding and engineering if you talk to an engineer it's binary right it's one and zero there's nothing else so if there's something that's working there's a bug fix the bug and i think that's the same thing in life if you are you know in a weird personality or you're, you're holding something deep inside or and we see that in multiple series even when we saw suits and until Harvey Specter got in peace with his dad and whatever, there's always that pinnacle when, you know, you find the source of the pain and you resolve it and life goes on. There's a lot of gray in between, and I think it's about clearing up that gray area. Exactly. Um, what I loved about Russian Doll is that openness to interpretation, yeah. how it resonates um, with people in different ways based on their personal experiences. Um, and I absolutely respect the creators for you know neither confirming nor denying any of the interpretations out there um, they'd be like yes to this but also yes to this um, so in your view you you said something about unfinished business do you think that's like that's what the show meant to you yes so so to me at any point in time there is always that i wish this happened this way versus the other right and if you if you live that story always thinking about the what if other scenario you're never going to either find happiness or find please in in the life that you're living and i'll give you a, a, i'll give you an example and if my wife hears this podcast she's not a podcast listener but if she hears this podcast she's probably going to kill me hey but, valia yeah uh, <laughs> hey baby um so so uh, we got married when we were really young, like 25. And my boys are still bachelors to now, right? And sometimes we go out, we go out to raise, and there are girls around. And then we look at each other and say, look, if I, I wish I had your life. And he goes, I wish I had your life. And there's always that. But, you know, at some point in time when we started getting kids and settling and sort of growing up into, you know, who we are today as successful people in the society, you know, at some point in time you get into, but this is what I want. And I've probably had a lot of what my friends are doing when we were young. But, you know, once I got at peace on that, by the time I was close to 30, because um, we got married at 25, um, then everything changed. Because I was never always looking at my friends to say, well, you know what? I want that life. Um, because then I was distracted from what I had. And 
maybe it's a silly example, but it's as simple as that. I mean, Nadia's problem was her having peace with her mother. That, you know, I still don't understand what her problem was, but there was something going on there, right? Yeah, so with Nadia and her mom, it was a very complicated relationship. She blamed herself for her mother's death. death. Yes, exactly. Because, um, well, her mom was, like, not mentally well, and, you know, she thought that because she wanted to live with her mother's friend that that made her mom kill herself and like that just makes no sense because it was just a thought and it was just like oh yeah but she felt that i i made that choice so it was like that kind of self blame that just makes my example about my wife completely simple and and that's i think what i was trying to i'm trying to simplify it sometimes and you know. But it's like you said, it's about acceptance, right? So regardless of what the issue is. So in Russian Doll, they dealt with some really deep issues. You yeah. know, you had, you know, her mom dying and, you know, at a young age. And, you know, she joked about it at the beginning of the first episode where yeah. she's like, yeah, I outlived my mom. And then you have Alan, who was very shocking, obviously, um, that he remembered that he killed himself. Yeah. And, you know, he was given a second chance in a way Um, and uh, he had to deal with you know the trauma of kind of rejection of feeling worthless you know that very low self esteem Um, anything that deviated outside of his routine was very hard for him to take on Um, it was very overwhelming life was overwhelming for him Um, and so yeah I mean they dealt with a lot of deep stuff but then they still manage to keep it but i think there's a very important point here a lot of times when people i mean everybody has their skeletons in the closet or they have their secrets or they have that one thing that defines their character whatever i think there's a very important message here that that doesn't stand out is you need to find someone to talk to yeah and as much as nadia and alan were different the universe sort of put them together and said, look, you either get along or your problems are not going to get resolved, right? And that was sort of the sync piece and all of that stuff. And I think, you know, if there is a message that anyone should resonate with is if something is paining you, as silly as I wish I had what my friends had or as as deep and tough as, you know, parent issues, right? At some point in time, it's best if you find someone to speak to um, in order for you just to let it out and then sort of pin this pin the source of pain and sort of get at peace with it and it's a very powerful message and you know, it, it's very hard for people to speak up and for that twist of Nadia's personality from before finding peace to after you just feel the difference she's just a happier person um, there are so many messages in the series that's why people I think fell in love with it because it's not just a story there's so many messages in there it's it's just great i think to me what resonated the most or at least the way i interpreted the show was about resolving um lingering traumas from at least you know there are things that we carry with us you know everyone has had a, a certain upbringing and there are a lot of things that we have to unlearn and then new things that we have to learn yeah. as we grow up, up and become you know functioning uh, adults that contribute to society. Um, what I uh, liked about um, the Nadia and Alan dynamic was 
um, the support system. So they picked each other up when they were down, especially in the last episode where they felt they, in episode seven, they teamed up and they worked through it. So they worked through all their issues. And then episode eight was, I think, the real turning point where their job was to actually look out for each other in that original scenario that they first saw each other in episode one. So, you know, with Nadia standing on the roof, watching out, waiting, making sure that he doesn't get up there, or she's like basically tailing him. That was my favorite scene in the movie. Because if you think about Nadia's, the original Nadia from episode one, if she was standing there, she was just going to stand there so he doesn't jump off so she can fix the loop and get out of this mess, Mm. right? But at that point, you felt that Nadia was so genuine about not wanting him to jump. And that moment when she thought he already jumped, you could feel that there's a connection there between the characters. And not just the old Nadia who would, you know, will go out, puff off, and then go, hey, don't jump, we need to get out of this loop sort of thing, which is typical Nadia character. It's a transformation. It's a transformation. And, and I think that's the message. Once you start living, and I feel like I'm a Dr. Phil now, <laughs> so, you, so we've gone from professional filmmaking music uh, matcher to uh, psychologist. To psychologist. Uh, we need to create a hotline. <laughs> Coming live, uh, call from. Um, no, but really, I think once you trigger the source, I think that's when the solution starts unveiling. It's not easy, but it's simple. And, and as many books that I've read and as many series and video films that we've watched, it's always the same thing. Once you face the problem, it starts fixing itself, right? Because the problem is a lot bigger in your mind. It is. Than when you say it out loud. And I don't think that any problem is too small. I no. mean, if we start comparing you know, problems, there's no scale. Everyone has their own burdens. Everyone yeah. has their own problems and you, know, you just never really know like yeah. people might look great on the outside but you just yeah. may- never really know so i also think that it taught us maybe to be kind a little kinder yeah. towards people um you know, just never know what they're going through now we're getting really bleak so i'm just gonna switch <laughs> it back up to a little bit more upbeat if you had a song to for the start of your day what song would that be oh wow um there's like 10,000 Snoop Dogg songs that are currently rolling through my mind. Uh, I'm an old hip hop, old school. I'm, I'm not an old guy. I'm an old school hip hop guy. Uh, but I'd most likely put on something from Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre. That hip hop era of the next episode or that vibe. What's my name? Snoop Dogg. That's how I start my. I think that's going to become the soundtrack. Every morning I'm going to wake up and go, what's my name by Snoop Dogg and sort of play <laughs> that because I think that's the perfect start track, starting or soundtrack for a start of the day. That, you know, it's it's the song and, you know, it's really a beat and it's like, oh, what's my Yeah, I was going to swear. What's uh, my name? Yeah. So, so <laughs> uh, you know, it's it's th- that that would be my soundtrack uh, for the day. Okay. I, I'm, I'm not a, you know, a classical music guy. Um but yeah, something upbeat that will sort of overcome and push anything that may come your way during the day is what I was talking about. Well, for me, if it, my my song to start the day would be "Dreams" by Beck. Oh wow! Yeah, it's a very upbeat song, but again, it has that kind of underlying meaning to it, which um, I like. It was awesome talking to you. Thank you. Actually, this was really really fun. Uh, yeah, it's always thank fun you for coming. to yeah, chat yeah. with you. Awesome. Fantastic. We'll do, we'll Same do here. another music one in the future. Let's let's do that. 
Awesome. Thanks so much. And thanks everybody for listening to Watching Machine. If you like this episode, please don't forget to rate and subscribe and tell all of your friends. See you next time. Thank you.